Aloha. Bill Best here once again at KKU 88.5 FM. Thanks to Maui Toyota. And thank you for listening in. And uh, we're on Facebook as well here at KAKU. Every Tuesday and Thursday, usually Bobby D and myself uh, uh, helm the show off the record. And it's live and uh, repeated on Wednesday and Friday. Bobby D had a prior commitment. Yeah, I had her committed. Uh, She had to be insane to marry a guy like myself. (laughs) But she's not here. And that's okay, because we have two incredible artists who are part of the Open Studios Tour, which goes on in the next few weekends. And uh, Dale Zarella is here and Robert Gann. Thank you very much. Move those mics up closer so we can hear your dulcet tones. <laughs> Dale, welcome. You've been on the show before. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, Robert as well. Last uh, time, I think it was, it wasn't the Open Studios, though, no, was it? Was, uh, it was last June. We did a benefit for, um, you know, for uh, Na'o Radio and Lokahi Pacific. Right. We had a group of artists that donated their work, so it was a great event. And uh, Dale was on uh, prior to uh, today, but last time we had open studios, which is such an amazing opportunity for anybody to really get in the spirit of creativity. And I think uh, that's the one thing that's going to save humanity. If we all just get busy with our projects and forget all the politics and all the derision and disunity and uh, work on some amazing things. So we're going to take a look at a little bit of uh, Dale's work. Uh, Robert, you're on the Internet as well as Dale. So people can look you up. Robert Gann, G-A-N-N. Yep, that's right. And Zarella, Z-A-R-E-L-L. Two R's, two L's. Two R's. Yep. You're right. You are right. (laughs) He should be right. Two R's. Z-A-R-R-E-L-L-A. And um, I just want to mention a couple things here with uh, Akaku. Uh, They're having the dance drama of the Ryukwan Royal Court with Shuri style Kumi Wudui. Excuse me for mispronouncing that. This is part of their upcountry, uh, uh, no, uh, not upcountry, uh, their uh, uh, Akaku Upstairs Salon series. And uh, coming up next week, it's all about the uh, proposed Hotel Wailuku, the new Kama'aina Business Hotel for Wailuku Town. Jonathan Starr and Helen Nielsen will be there. And every Thursday, they do these interesting discussions from 6 to 7.30 p.m. upstairs from Akaku, 333 Dairy Road. It's a good idea to RSVP as uh, some of these uh, programs can be full and they don't have uh, a lot of room 871-5554 or uh, check their schedule akaku.org slash salons i uh, also want to mention the uh woodworkers uh, journey have you guys seen the woodworkers journey at the schaefer no i have not I have well, you got to get over there. I'm telling you, uh, the Invitational Exhibition features a select group of 25 established artists from Hawaii and the U.S. mainland with distinguished careers in woodworking, and uh, you'll just see some great examples of uh, furniture and and much more. Of course, it's at the Schaefer Gallery and it's free. Uh, they're open Tuesdays through uh, Sundays from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. through February 23rd, also before Castle Theater shows. So if you're catching a show at the Mac, 
And I recommend Eric Gilliam. He's coming back with White Hawaiian. Two shows only this uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, so uh, check it out. The Woodworker's Journey, Concept to Creation. And uh, This show, if nothing else, is all about creation. And uh, we love creative people. We try to have people, whether they're artists or authors or poets, uh, we just love creative people because they're kind of minding their own business. They're so busy. Well, you're in the moment when you're creating. That's why I encourage people to be creative in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. Yeah. I hope you do some teaching. Um, I do go into the school systems. Uh, up until now, I haven't really had time to teach somebody, but I have taken on apprentices. I learned by watching and then applying. Yeah. And uh, and so I tell them, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm not here to teach you. You're here to observe and learn and create. Well, you're part of the Open Studios Tour, and your uh, partner, not necessarily partner, but... Uh, yeah. You're well, she's a partner in crime. In uh, crime. Yeah, because, boy, I we, say, uh, the incredibly talented painter Jeannie Young. Jeannie Young. She's going to have her paintings at my studio, uh, so we're partnering up at the Open Studio. Uh, but we're also doing some uh, some really incredible stone sculptures uh, up at the Maui Tropical Plantation, and she's really uh, into carving stone. Uh, it's hard to find an artist diligent enough to do actual sculpting these days, uh, sculpting wood or stone or hard objects, because um, <laughs> um, I, I know a lot of clay sculptors but that's modeling, you know, and it's uh, infinitely easier than it is to sculpt in a hard uh, form. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I can't believe people actually do that these well, days. Well, it's a tying art because of that, because yeah. it is so time-consuming and an uh, arduous task, but it's so satisfying. And people's uh, attention span is nil at this point, yeah. as far as I can tell. <laughs> Did, did anybody hear me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Robert, yeah, uh, you're yeah. a painter, but you paint in a, I would say, a, kind of a different style. Well, you know, I do, and, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But, you know, you, you led off with a thought about, you know, people really being creative and doing things and maybe even getting their mind off of a lot of the things that are going on in the world. And, um, you know... A lot of people say to me, especially artists that I know, they say that they would love to be a full-time artist. And thinking about that, you know, whatever you do, if you do it artfully, then you're a full-time artist. Well, that's right. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, um, that that's, that's an important thought because right now the way things are going uh, for so many people in their lives, uh, they struggle. They have difficulties paying their bills and what have you. So if you can have more of an artful attitude about what you're doing, you'll enjoy it more. And um, it may not solve all your problems, but it'll certainly make it more endurable, I would think. What size uh, work do you usually work in? I like to work bigger. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, for me, a good size is anywhere from, say, six feet to eight feet wow. in dimension. So you're both working on... Huge pieces. That to me is is astounding. Well, smaller, fun, and challenging, but large. Yes. Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, I, you know, I love that idea. Uh, I, when I used to do a lot of collage work and uh, and uh, uh, oil pastel work and so on and so forth, um, I decided I wanted to do a piece that was bigger than myself. So I chose to do a reproduction of a sarcophagus, the uh, 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 king. Uh, 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 King Tut, maybe. King Tut, yeah. And I called it Tut 
uncommon. Uh, and uh, it was nine feet tall. It was. I did it on a uh, a form, uh, concrete form. You know these big tubes that you can purchase. They're hollow. And I was working on it, working on it, and I couldn't stand it up because we had a seven foot ceiling. <laughs> so I'm working halfway through. I think. What am I thinking? You know, and I started thinking about the thinker, and uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Rodan working on the thinker, and he must have stopped at some point and gone, "What am I thinking? Who's going to want a big sculpture of some guy sitting around?" Oh my gosh! I had just saw a wonderful Robin Williams standing in front of the thinker that's at the Legion of Honor Museum in San Francisco, yeah, and he's handing well. the thinker a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> well, it does kind of look that way. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I had a chance to uh, go to the uh, um, Rodin Museum in in uh, Paris, and uh, that was an extraordinary Outstanding. experience. Anytime yeah. mm -hmm. you can see original work, it's worth going all the way to Europe or wherever you have to do. Uh, and if you are a fan of any artists yeah. and you see that original piece that you've lived with in paper, you know, in paper yeah. for years and years, it, well, Spreckle, it's overcoming. Well, the Spreckles family, um, the Spreckelsville here, the sugar king, mm -hmm. um, magnates, they donated, uh, I think, a hundred, oh, one of the biggest collections in North America of Rodin sculptures to the Legion of Honor Museum in San Francisco. So you can go up there and see yeah. an unbelievable collection of... And I grew up in, yeah. uh, in and around that very museum. Yeah. Mom, Mom and I used to go to <laughs> movies there. They had a little theater. Mm -hmm. And uh, just and San Francisco anyway. I mean, you've got the uh, San Francisco Museum of Art. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, there's so much uh, within your you know, area there that uh, it's amazing. So both of you guys work really big and um, my question you must have a pretty good sized studio well my studio is the roof of a carport <laughs> so I you love, work outdoors I love to work outdoors yeah yeah I, I actually have learned to actually cherish working out in the rain as well really yeah and does that how does that affect your pain well it actually uh, has allowed me to develop some interesting techniques that uh, that really work for me and I do have a studio inside as well, yeah. but I can't work as big in yeah, there. Right. Um, but the the bottom line for me is that that this is about just really having fun, experimenting, and just not being um, not being self um, absorbed, but to just be open to what's out there to to learn from other artists. You know, um, I see other great things that other artists are doing. And I get inspired, sure. you know. And Absolutely. it's it's uh, it's just a it's just a really it's like musicians, you know. They they hear other musicians and they they pick things up, they they borrow things and all that, you know. So, and oftentimes good. musicians and uh, writers uh, they say the best thing to do just don't get in the way of yeah. the inspiration that's coming through. You know, you don't have to manipulate it; yeah. just let it flow. And uh, that's so true. And, and the great thing about the Open Studios tour, of course, is that people get to go into your studios. This doesn't happen every day, but so far, uh, a couple weekends uh, a month, all throughout the month of February, and they they've been doing this now for uh, many know, years. 
couple, yeah, many years. Many years. Thanks yeah. to Carolyn Kwan and those who uh, really uh, work hard on making this happen. And it gives you a chance to be inspired uh, by the artists. Sometimes they're actually working on a piece. Are, are you mm-hmm. both going to be doing a Well, I won't be work? doing actual demonstrations, but I'm sure that I'll be in the process of something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can see, sometimes you get to see the work as it as it progresses. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Well, that's why I enjoy doing a lot of those large pieces in public places. So people see the progression, because some of them have taken years. Remind us of where uh, they... Well, at Charlie Young Beach, up on the cliff on the north end of the beach, I have the big giant mermaid that's finished, but then the mermaid and merman in a loving embrace with reef underneath and baby turtles that's 11 feet tall. That's been a year and a half in progress. But uh, it's nice to get the same people, even visitors, come back each year and see the progression. Um, of the works. And then at the Maui Tropical Plantation, I have a beautiful studio there. We just built a nice holly. Um, I'm going to be doing a sculpture garden. It's really uh, developing into a wonderful um, place to work as well as a venue to show the works. And then at my uh, Maui Meadows studio, which is where we're having the open studio. And, uh, and uh, like I said, with uh, Jeannie Young, with her paintings, um, uh, just exquisite, exquisite work. Yeah. And she'll have some of her large pieces there, oh, too. Oh, yes, no and doubt. especially her social commentary pieces are some of the most powerful paintings I have ever seen. Yeah. Um, they're getting uh, acclaimed by uh, some of the most, uh, some really incredible uh, art critics have noticed them. Yeah. She's one of the most underrated painters on this island, I Not believe. Not for long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, I just love the lushness of her paint. She's, yeah. she's not spare. You know, she's yeah. not dabbing a little bit here. No, yeah. she's, no, she does not dabble. She's laying it on. I love that. <laughs> I just love it. That was my favorite thing about painting anyway. It was yeah. smooshing the paint about. I hardly even cared about the results. It was just the fun of, you know, the fun of it all. But I can't imagine that sculpting and working so hard is a lot of fun. No, it is so much fun. I tell people <laughs> I do an art tour every Wednesday night at the Fairmont Hotel at 6 o'clock sharp for one hour. And I tell the story of all the works that I have in there in the lobby. But I tell them, it's still that little kid in me that wakes up every yeah. morning and can't wait to create. Yeah. And I think that's in all of us. It's yeah. a part of it. It's that little kid inside. We want to be a, a, have fun. in touch with the little kid yeah. within us. I, I remember the gleam in Rodin's eye when I went to the um, museum uh, in Paris, and they had a, a movie of him working and he's chipping away chipping away and he looks right into the camera and there was this gleam in his eye that i just thought man i i wish i could do that something that would put that gleam in my eye absolutely is one of those things that's the best thing we can wish that's the best thing we can wish for our loved ones and family is find that passion what you're passionate about and that gift inside it could be anything it doesn't have to be art Uh, could be cooking could be creating there's so many different ways could be digging a hole you know i i get planting your garden i get pleasure out of washing dishes and doing the laundry and these really kind of mundane things but it it uh, it's 
I like to see things that are dirty get clean somehow, you know, so there, there's a pleasure in that. Um, but the Open Studios Tour, I have to uh, mention, you can find uh, the tour online. It's really easy to find, Maui Open Studios Tour 2020. And each and every weekend, they go to a different location. Now, um, I imagine this weekend is more South Maui. Yeah, it's all South Maui. All yes. South Maui. And there's, I, if you look online, you'll see dozens of artists. Oh, my god! You gosh. could see their work uh, yeah. online. Uh, you know, you could go to their website if you wanted to. In Maui Meadows alone, there's quite a few um, artists yeah. there. But there's only one studio that's going to be serving homemade chocolates. <laughs> I'll have another one. Yes, please. <laughs> he makes these chocolates in the shape of uh, turtles. Well, you know, I, 35 years ago, I worked at Intercontinental Hotel, which is now the Marriott, and I did a lot of giant ice carvings, chocolate sculptures, fell in love with chocolate as a medium for arts. And then my work with sea turtles, because, you know, I, I took care of these ancient fish ponds and and uh, took care of her turtles for 15 years in mm. these ancient fish ponds. So my love of turtles and chocolate, I was tired of seeing chocolate turtles that didn't look like a turtle. So I carved these little turtles, sent them to Buffalo, New York. There's a company that makes candy molds. And once a week, I pour my own chocolates and serve them at my art tour at the Fairmont. And wow, they're really out. good, too. And uh, turtles. Uh, if Bobby were here, she'd pipe in because uh, she does the turtle watch. Yeah. Every year. Well, I brought her uh, her own box of chocolate turtles last time. Oh, <laughs> yes. yeah. She'd love that. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so this weekend, uh, East Ma uh, South Maui will be featured. And uh, you can check it out online. And then, uh, Robert, you'll be on. Yeah, I'll be uh, available the second and third weekend. Uh, yeah. The second weekend, I'll be sharing the Banyan Tree Gallery right. <clears throat> with uh, Kirk Bowes. And uh, that'll be right by the big banyan tree, the old courthouse right there. All right. And then the third weekend, uh, my wife and I are sharing our studios and gallery up in Pukalani. So, uh, and she's also in the open studio. So, and what does she do? She's a painter as well, uh -huh. but she's also uh, very, very talented as a quilter, as a ceramicist, a mosaic artist. She's, she's done it for many many years and she's really accomplished and uh so i'm the new kid on the block i started painting uh, a little over two years ago was it she that inspired you no not really uh what what i've always i've always enjoyed uh you know just playing around with with whatever making a sculpture out in the yard or, or doing something you know yeah, but yeah. but i decided about two and a half years ago that that uh i wanted to take up painting and uh, so I've been painting every day since. And what, is, uh, what kind of work? You, you mentioned your wife uh, does a variety of, of yeah. uh, some, some craft, some... I don't know the difference. Yeah. What is the difference between craft and, and art? Because they have separate categories for some reason. Oh, that's a good question. I always I, think of craft as being maybe a little cheesy. <laughs> I don't know. And that's wrong. It, it's just a, a distinction. It's like the difference between uh, sir and mister for me. Not you know? much of a... You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's all really in the intent and in the quality. Right. But, um, I mean, I think of the cave paintings in France. Well, that's not craft. Or maybe it was. I don't know. Well, we don't know, but we can look at it and go, yeah. This is good stuff. So, you know, that's really, it's, it's all in the eyes of the beholder, yeah, you know. It's, yeah. 
it's just like the gleam in your eye right now. You yeah. know, it's like, what's mm -hmm. the difference between you and another talk show host? It's all in the way you do it. Yeah, you got to have the gleam, whatever you do, you know? It's true. Um, and Robert, uh, I'm Robert, uh, Dale, Dale, uh, you are working on something that's really incredible and uh it's not up online you can't see it uh i imagine you well, can actually, see it I have at your posted studio it on my uh facebook uh and uh but i've been working a lot with stone these last number of years my last trip to rome when i delivered the resurrection bronze to pope francis i spoke to him about the the life-size father damien for his garden where he prays right. and meditates and so i figured out to brush up on my stone skills even more but I went deep into the mountains of Utah and got some of this stone. Now, take a look at this. Now, what stone is that? Is that, is that is agate? A, this is a translucent orange honeycomb calcite. And wow. uh, it's a beautiful stone. There's many different tra translucent stones. And uh, calcite is one of the minerals that makes up marble. And so it's a hard stone, yeah. um, but a beautifully translucent stone. And uh, I like working with those different... I, I uh, hope people got a chance to see it because uh, it's just gorgeous. How yeah. big a, a stone could could you get to oh, carve uh, with? There are some that are 10,000, 15,000 pounds. Um, I'm waiting till it thaws out in Utah in this spring, and I'll go back up into the mountain and uh, get more of it. Because um, I did get a few thousand pounds, and that I have been sculpting uh, over these last months, and uh, will continue to in between other projects. Yeah. Are there there must be stones that are really hard to get at um, this point? Yeah. Well, especially living in Hawaii, you know, it costs me more to get it here than it does for the actual stone. I imagine. Yeah. Um, but that's uh. The, you know, the life-size Damien, I'll sculpt that right in Pietrasanta, Italy, up right outside of uh, Carrera. Um, so I don't have to ship the stone here and then ship it back to Rome. But this isn't the first Damien you've done. Oh, no, I've done uh, quite a few Damien's. I'm working <laughs> on another Damien right now. I'm finishing one. It's a surprise. I really can't speak too much about it. But after next weekend, uh -huh. you're going to hear about it. Uh, it's a gift to a wonderful church, um, uh, and uh, these wonderful people are gifting it to a church. So I'm finishing it up over in the next week. You gave us um, this uh, book when you were here last, The Portrait of an Artist. Can people find this at the library? Or? Um, well, on my website, it has it right now. Um, yeah. I have donated it to some li libraries, but it does. Uh, it is pretty extensive, And uh, I, but I am getting ready to do another version of the book with a whole other section on stone and the different stones. But this one tells uh, the wonderful stories of Damien, especially. Um, You've been quite taken by Father Damien. Well, I heard about Damien the day before I moved here, 35 years ago. Um, in 1968, when my dad passed away, his first cousin came from Belgium uh, to attend the funeral, and it was Father Alphonse Zarella, my father's first cousin, a Catholic priest. And he was the vice president of the oldest seminary school in the world in Leuven, Belgium, at the time, in the late 60s, early 70s. That's where Damien studied and where he came from. Yeah. And so the day before I moved here 35 years ago, I went to see my cousin Alec because he's been a father figure to me since my dad passed away. And I told him I'm moving to Hawaii. He says, Dale, you're going to hear about this man named Father Damien. Yeah. He said, uh, I so honored him, I would go to his tomb right near the college where he was the vice president of and say his prayers and meditations once a week and uh, so he planted the seed I had already been doing works for churches since 17 years old but um, I knew someday I'd do his sculpture I didn't realize how many there would be and how 
um, where they would end up. And these sculptures must take weeks, months? Yeah, some even, uh, even I mean, years. There's yeah. a picture of the tree that you yeah. worked on. For there's Tom. one at the Fairmont in the lobby that has 110 baby turtles in the reef around her, all out of one piece of wood, nothing glued on. And uh, it took two and a half years. Yeah. Wow. wow. But, uh, hey, it's kept me out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, what are, are you married? You're married? No, I was no? married many, many years ago. But I raised my daughters. I have a wonderful daughter here I have that lives in Kihei, and I, and I have two wonderful, her and her husband gave me two wonderful grandkids that I spend time with, a lot of time with, and because uh, my grandparents had a profound effect on my life. Oh, sure. So I enjoyed Were they this. creative in some ways? They're farmers. Oh, okay. And my dad was a farmer, but yeah. you know he used to like to carve his gun stocks when he was a kid because he was a hunter, being a farmer. Huh. But and he also was like an amateur stock car driver. And my brother ended up in a career in NASCAR that was unbelievable. Uh, NBC Sports even did a small segment on him when he retired a couple of years ago after winning the Daytona 500 wow. with his team. Yeah. Wow. So my brother got his racing gene and passion, and I got his carving path. Have you ever thought about jumping in a, a hot rod? And no, but a lot of the drivers <laughs> and car owners are collectors of mine uh, from when I was a little kid. That's how I started carving. Have you carved a car? I did. I <laughs> when I was uh, when I was 12 years old, my brother and I had a father figure named Ed Flemke who was a legend in NASCAR racing back in the 40s, 50s, 60s. He became like a father figure and that's how my, he got my brother into building race cars and for his birthday when I was 12, I carved his car into a piece of wood. And then all these other drivers started buying them at the racetrack. He started showing them $25, $30. But, uh, yeah. And people ask me how I know all these drivers. Like on my Facebook, I have pictures with Richard Petty and Bobby Allison, these guys. And I, and I uh, tell them it's from way back, um, growing up in right. racing yeah. and uh, NASCAR. But I do tell them, if you ever want to re meet Richard Petty, and you're at a race and it's really hot out, and all of a sudden the the temperature drops 10 degrees, look around because Richard must be around you because that's how cool he is. He <laughs> drops the temperature. <laughs> well, Robert, uh, we, you mentioned your wife. She's very, very creative. Do you have other creative? Uh, I noticed your head was bobbing a little bit when we were talking about farming. And uh, Do you have farmers in, in your family? Well, I, I don't have farmers, but, uh, you know, listening to... Um, Dale's story uh, brought up a memory for me of my grandfather, and he, uh, in the 1890s, by himself, rode a horse solo from Big Bend, Texas, up to the Little Bighorn in Montana. And then he worked as a cowboy, herding cows from Montana down to Kansas City. And he wrote a couple novels later in life about his experience and the thing that I've always appreciated about what he was writing was that he wasn't writing it for tabloids and for all of that. He was writing it to just really record and document what it was like yeah. to, to be in that environment. And uh, when I was very young, he taught me how to roll a Bull Durham cigarette with one hand. Oh, really? That's how, a special talent. It was a very good <laughs> yeah, thing. And yeah. uh, my, grandf my grandmother was not very happy about that. <laughs> how old were you? I was about nine. <laughs> No, I don't suppose she would be. Yeah, but you know, the, the, the thing about it is, is you know, that was an, another era, and now we're living in a completely different world. That's true. But sure. the, the whole concept of, of, you know, doing something that you really love to do, whether it be sculpture or farming or herding cows, whatever it is, to just do it well and to, uh, 
to do it as much as, as much as an artist as you can. Well, I hope people immerse themselves in the arts these next few weekends with the Open Studios tour. And you can plan your own tour. You don't have to follow a rigid schedule of any kind except for the time uh, that uh, you have to, uh, you know, uh, be there. You, you can't... Uh, uh, let's see, I'm going through... Oh, here we go. Um, Maui... Open Studios, uh, and that uh, the times are 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., so you have a good part of the day to go and visit any artist you want in any order during that time in those areas. So if you go to Maui Open Studios on the, uh, on the web, MauiOpenStudios.com, you can uh, see the list of artists, and uh, the, this weekend is, uh, again, uh, this is the uh, south uh, side, the South Maui side of uh, of the island, featuring. I, I don't know how many artists there are uh, involved, all all in all, but there's an artist for every taste. And I'll tell you what, artists are the, some of the most interesting people that I've ever met. And so, I, whether you're inspired or not to create uh, something. Um, it's it's always extraordinary. Um, carpentergan at gmail dot com. Yeah, that's, that's your email. website. Yeah, well, that's, that's my email. That's, that's my email. Yeah. Okay. So just robertgan dot art would be the website. Robertgan dot art, and uh, the piece that you have on on the internet for Maui Open Studios is like a burst of energy, and uh, I I don't know if those. If you're using string, what what exactly are you? Well, using you know there? that that's really that's a really good example of a, what a signature technique that I've developed, and I call it floating layers. And what I'm able to do is I'm able to create a distance between each layer of paint so that it becomes three dimensional. And uh, nobody's really doing anything like this. This is this is something completely new when when you get into the world of painting. Yeah. But that particular piece has probably thirty or forty layers of paint, but each layer is independent of the layer below it. So you get this depth and you get this dimension to it, <laughs> and then you get the shadows and the interplay of light and all these things going on and. Uh, it uh, it really starts to come to life. Though it doesn't look like a uh, a Pollock, a Jackson Pollock, uh, it sounds like you're using, uh, you know, you're using a lot of different layers, and that's mm -hmm. certainly what he did. I was never a fan of Robert Pollock's. I'm more I I lean on the side of Dali. Uh, I've always loved uh, Salvador Dali's work, and he he was such a showman. Mm -hmm. uh, Dali is not crazy, he would say, <laughs> because people thought this guy must be nuts because surrealism was was just so uh, uh, different from anything, and yet his technique was just astoundingly good. Oh my just, gosh! Yeah, just last night at my art tour, I had a gentleman named Bill Spaceman Lee. He was a famous left-handed pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, late '60s, early '70s, and he has uh, some dollies. 
Uh, he was telling me all about them. He came to the art tour. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I, I do want to mention something that's very important, and I know Robert will wholeheartedly agree. You know, what cre creates magic in art, whatever art form it is, whether you're cooking, you are painting, you are sculpting, whatever it is, or doing a show like this, it's the love you put into it. You know, um, it's like uh, people wonder, uh, my family wonders why they can't make a pie like my grandmother made. You know, uh, my Aunt Bev gets so unbelievably close to it and uh, delicious because it's the love she puts into it and the love my grandmother would put into her cooking, the love you put into your painting, the love you put into your sculpting or your radio program or whatever sure. it is you do. That creates magic. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. And the arts really do create magic. I know music affects people in remarkable ways, and I'm really pleased that I can do uh, a show on Manao Radio uh, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, midday. Uh, to me, that's just uh, the highlight of, of my week outside of this show, which is a mm -hmm. totally different situation. And Larry John, you can't see it on camera, but there, we've got a memorial picture of Larry John. And mm -hmm. he, he was the one who talked me into doing the show, and I reluctantly, I'll try it out. I, I don't like talk shows. But uh, next thing you know, I'm talking to old friends and artists and musicians and people, mm -hmm. and it's just incredibly fascinating. And the, to actually get a chance to sit down with anybody for an hour and have a conversation is pretty rare. Mm -hmm. And most people tune out about two or three minutes into the conversation, you know. And so uh, uh, I, I'm just very, very grateful to to be here and very grateful to KAKU and to Maui Toyota for underwriting the show as well. Both shows, uh, um, Maui uh, uh, Manao Radio and KAKU. Both independent, uh, both, uh, uh, well, KAKU is kind of the way Manao used to be. It's low power. Uh, Manao has become a big, powerful giant of media, but uh, without the attitude, you know, and no commercials, which just thrills me to no end. So uh, back to the Maui Open Studios. Uh, again, you can find uh, the, uh, the whole plan for every weekend online, MauiOpenStudios.com, and uh, you can uh, plan, you know, with, uh, with your computer, uh, your your uh, smartphone, you can pretty much just tell the phone where you want to go next, and and you can travel around the island and and enjoy uh, the arts and sometimes goodies like Dale's chocolates here, uh, but most importantly, just remarkable remarkable artwork. And if you're lucky, they'll be actually creating things right before your very eyes. And uh, Jeannie Young will be a part of uh, Dale's workshop. And uh, are you going to be working on a piece? Uh, yeah, I know time? that she will be working on a painting, I'm sure. She will and be. I have several pieces in progress in the workshop area, but I also have a nice little gallery in the house and uh, upstairs and downstairs for uh, people to view the works. And, yeah. and you'll be at the Banyan Tree. Banyan Tree uh, next weekend. Yeah. And then in Pukalani the third weekend. Right. And, uh, yeah, we have our studios and gallery, like Dale, in our home. So uh, the third weekend is upcountry. Yeah, um, and the second uh, the weekend second. would be Central Valley and West Side, and the West Side, side yeah. yeah. And there's some wonderful galleries uh, on the West Side. I, I know your work is probably still at Lahaina Gallery. No, I was with Lahaina Galleries for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. 
Are you, uh, no, no uh, not I, I've um, I've been pretty much doing my program. Uh, the Fairmont Hotel is like my gallery now. Yeah, um, I do work a little bit with a few smaller galleries, um, but I was with Lahaina Gallery for almost twenty five years. Um, but they, you know, had one of the most beautiful presentations yeah. uh, you can imagine. I but love uh, the gallery. but then I started uh, I I started doing these large sculptures instead of producing large collections of smaller works. And so um, it's more beneficial for me to be, uh, you know, have a hotel like the Fairmont, which really promotes the arts and uh, be their um, resident artist and uh, using the whole lobby as my gallery there. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, so uh, it works out nice. Uh, And uh, do you make sales there? Yeah, I, I do make sales, and I do an art tour every Wednesday night, but it's called a Night of Art, Culture, and Chocolate because I have uh, pieces that are cultural, uh, some like my Maui sculpture or the Kawila sculpture, the Turtle Girl, and I tell the legends right. of those works. And then the hotel itself, um, a year and a half ago, commissioned a sculpture of Queen Lili Uokalani, so I tell her story to the people. I have the replicas of the pieces that I did for Pope Francis and Pope Benedict of Damien and Marianne and the Resurrection. I tell those stories so they get a little bit of hawaiian history sure they get a, the hawaiian legends and then they have uh the chocolates and uh <laughs> and then i sign a print of um you know i don't do a lot of painting but the painting of the baby turtles being born called and it's called follow your dream so i that's a piece i don't sell i give away those prints i've given away almost twenty five thousand oh, of them over the years really? to kids and adults to inspire you know i feel that not everything should be for sale things you I know agree. Yeah, it's nice to have a piece that is free, that inspires. Because one of my mantras as an artist is to inspire. Yeah. That's a, especially the kids these days. Oh, absolutely. To inspire them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's amazing uh, w- what's being done in uh, virtual reality these days. To me, that that level of art is a walk. Th- you can art. You can walk through. <laughs> I'm just fascinated by virtual reality and uh, and some of the games. I I actually am a gamer. I admit it. I'm too old to be a gamer, but I am anyway. So too bad. Uh, but uh, uh, galleries are. Um, I, I tried to get my work into a gallery, and uh, I was doing a series of um, vehicles, automobile, big big pieces. And uh, I was told that uh, only women buy art, and um, they, and this would not interest them. Everybody has their opinion. Yeah, I know. But when you're going to different galleries to hopefully get your work in there, yeah. it can be daunting and frustrating. And uh, you know, yeah. you, you, you. Well, I tell I tell artists giving up. <laughs> well, I tell artists do not judge your success as an artist. Is not linked to sales or being in galleries. Right. Some of the great artists I've I've known and admired are not in a gallery, and so many artists, uh, especially on this island, you know, uh, successful artists, uh, they get this rock star mentality, and um, we um, that that doesn't really that's not uh, where it comes from. You have yeah. to do it for the love, and uh, I would do my work anonymously if I could make my living at it anonymously because yeah. my joy is in the. And the creation. creating of yeah. it, yeah. Well, and the prices that um, art is going for now—that's uh, so subjective. Crazy, crazy millions and millions yeah. and millions of dollars for 
for stuff that I wasn't impressed with in the first. Well, but, but then you see, uh, you know, a, a, a Van Gogh or, a, you know, some the great masters. Uh, sure, I can understand how the yeah. bidding would take place and how people would bid against each other and the yeah. money would just. Well, that's the art world creating the. You know, they create this market. Yeah, you know, it's I not a, but I saw a great thing. Um, it was a cartoon, and it, it was a critic, art critic, walking up to an artist with his art on the wall, and the art critic says, would you like, can I give you my opinion? And the artist says, sure, you can. And he said, it's worthless. And the artist said, well, you, I know, but you can give me your opinion anyway. <laughs> That's right. Everybody's got an opinion these days, you know, and if they're not tweeting about it, I, don't know. <laughs> uh, I am analog retentive, so I have no phone. I I just as soon not deal with computers at all. They're just a big pain in the neck, although very handy at times, I admit. Uh, but my wife has one, so I can use hers. And uh, you can use yours for the uh, Maui Open Studios tour as well. Each and every weekend this uh, this month, uh, both Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., you can see all of these uh, works and visit studios. And it doesn't; it won't cost you anything. You don't have to pay to be a part of the studio tour. And you can design your own tour. You could visit two or three. Or you could visit a couple dozen if you want in that time period. But one way or the other, you're going to see work that you'll see nowhere else. No doubt. Every artist has something unique to offer, even if it's sculpture or not sculpture, but uh, landscape or, uh, you know, everyone, some, some artists work kind of like children. Their work looks like a child might, might do. I see Kirk Bowe's work, which looks kind of uh, childlike. Uh, one of the artists who uh, are involved with uh, the upcoming tour and uh, Victoria Wundrum. Just look online at uh, all of these great artists' work, and uh, you'll be just fascinated. There's there's blow, you know blown glass. There's painting. There's jewelry, um, fabrics. It's just uh, really astounding. And we're so lucky to live in a community with so many fine artists. I I can't imagine another place that. It's just packed with artists. Considering we had three million visitors last year, for heaven's sakes, to Maui, uh, <laughs> it uh, you know it's a wonder that uh, we still have room for artists here. And I I truly do worry about gentrification. We've been talking about that here uh, on the show, and uh, I saw it in San Francisco, a wonderfully creative place to grow up in, a place that I could never afford to live. Yeah. Not even close to even Ur Berkeley, Oakland. Uh, a lot of people who don't uh, who work, you know, in the city, they can't afford to live anywhere. Yeah. They have to bust themselves in. Yeah. So, and that can't happen here, but it is. It is happening. Mm -hmm. Gentrification is taking place, and I, I just hope that uh, we'll have room for artists and musicians <laughs> in the next ten years, because people are buying up homes right and left, and a lot of part-time visitors who you know come here yeah. for six months or so but uh, you guys are staying right you're not going anywhere <laughs> well i've been here since 91 came here from san francisco oh you did yeah yeah like yourself yeah, yeah. and um was fortunate to be able to 
acquire a property, so I'm taking care of it for the bank right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 a great place to live. Raised our son here, and um, so yeah, I, I I love this island. But the bottom line, as we all know, is that everything changes, and mm. so we have to uh, do our best to make the changes uh, good ones. Yeah, yeah. So keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, we still have about 15 minutes left, and um, I know that we've got a lot more to talk about. Uh, the Open Studios Tour, of course, is the focus of, uh, of our uh, discussion today. And uh, it all began at uh, UH uh, once again. And again, thanks to Carolyn Kwan, for making this possible. You know, there are maps, too. It's very cool. You can set up a little map for yourself. And uh, so South Maui this weekend, West, North, Central, and East Maui the following weekend, February uh, 15th and 16th. And then up country the final weekend, uh, February 22nd and 23rd, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. in all cases. And again, you can look online to uh, see all of these uh, uh, terrific artists' work. Sometimes they're doubling up. Sometimes there's wine. Sometimes mm. there there's chocolate. <laughs> and sometimes there's music. Because not all artists are just artists, but very often Renaissance people. I, I call them Renaissance people, people who do many, many different things. and. Yeah, you know, Bill, it's interesting you mentioned music just now. Um, one of the things that I enjoy is uh, when I'm in a particular mood, I might put on Thelonious Monk or I might put really? on uh, The Talking Heads or I might put on um, uh, some Beethoven, whatever it might be, depending on the mood, yeah. and use that as a uh, sort of a catalyst to uh, to work with while I'm painting. Yeah. And I do find that it actually affects what I do. So there's a connection there, you know. Music sure. is very powerful, yeah. and uh, and so I know your background is is with music, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I play twice a week with a, a little group, Bobby D and the Stereotypes. Bobby D being the lead singer, and uh, yeah, that's and I love, you know, I'm not tied in. If you listen to my show, I'm not tied into a certain kind of music either on Manao Radio, I'm, I'm just exploring like everybody else might be if they had the opportunity to work with a huge library like that. What about you, Dale? Do you listen to music? Is it you music know, I do. inspiration? I, um, I, only, I, only classical if I'm working, though. But I, I remember years ago, I was working on the Damien sculpture, and I had to go to the foundry in Monterey, and I always see what's going on. Um, in San Francisco. You mentioned San Francisco, growing up in San Francisco. And uh, the Berlin Philharmonic was playing on my birthday, the first time in 50 years they ever played in San Francisco. Wow. And so I got tickets um, for my girlfriend and I, and we went, and it was incredible. And I wished I could have talked to the musicians and checked out their instruments as a wood sculptor, but they wouldn't let you near the stage. And it was on a Saturday night on my birthday, November 22nd. Monday morning, I fly back here and I'm sculpting at Charlie Young Beach there on one of my big mermaid sculptures and people walk by all day but right before sunset a gentleman walked by and he started uh, he shook my hand and started talking and asking questions and he had an accent I said where are you from and he said I'm from Germany and I thought I was so cool I said 
I had the pleasure of seeing your Philharmonic play last Saturday night in San Francisco, and his eyes lit up. He said, I played. He was the first chair cellist oh my named gosh. George Faust. Wow. And, uh, he and we ended up talking through Sunset, and uh, he ended up coming to dinner twice. Uh, we became good, good friends. He would stop by every day. Uh, but at dinner is when we had some long conversations. We talked about our process, he, and he was talking about his process. And he said, Dale, our processes, sound, they're the same. Our job is to develop our skills to the point where it's so second nature that it just flows out of us. And just when we're inspired to create, we stay out of the way and let it happen. Yeah, yeah. He said, my greatest pieces of music come when I'm just inspired to pick up that instrument and just play. And the same thing with a piece of wood. You see it in there, you just start sculpting. You're not thinking about it. Staying out of the way of that creative energy is so important. You have to keep your yeah. ego healthy. Yeah. And uh, because, you know, we all have to deal with an ego. And I see some, you know, with artists get that can get pretty out of control. Um, I think as a sculptor, it's such an arduous task that it keeps us pretty darn humble. But um, but letting that flow um, is uh, so important. Well, I, I can only imagine a sculptor at some point if you do uh, portraits uh, that at some point or another you've knocked the nose off. I just—it's that... funny you say that. I was at the Fairmont sculpting one day, and a lady comes by from L.A. She's a painter, and she said, "I got to show my husband this." And so five minutes later, I, I, I hear Dale. I want you to meet my husband Jay. And I turn around. It's Jason Alexander, uh, and uh, <laughs> and. And so every, he was so interested in the process. Yeah. That's why it's wonderful for the open studios, for people to come and see the right, process. Right. Uh, but every day he'd come by with questions. And the last day he, says, he came by, he says, Dale, I, I got one last question. I thought of it last night. Just tell me you have, if, even if you haven't, have you ever taken off a nose? Uh. <laughs> the same question. And I, I told him, sure, I have, Dale. Well, you see all these classic sculptures, uh, and the noses are missing. Well, and I keep uh, thinking... Somebody's got a collection of noses somewhere. They've well, got a actually, little museum in their house of I, noses. I always thought it just was because the nose was so hard to sculpt. <laughs> well, that was that. actually there was a there was a pope that uh, had all of the genitalia of the male sculptures in Rome cut off and put in an archive um, and put fig leaves on them, little plaster right, fig leaves. Right. Um, so there, yeah, there are pieces here and there. But you know, sometimes as a sculptor, you don't see a crack or a fault. But nowadays, there's such incredible glue that you could soak that crack with glue. You know, if you've developed your skills, you know what you're taking out, what wood or stone. So you really don't make that mistake. And I tell people there are no mistakes. There's just results. Yeah. Either you like them or you don't. But um, it's not a... It's never been something I worry about, um, um, mistakes. You know, I remember a uh, hand surgeon came and said, boy, I really admire you. You're fearless. And I said, what do you mean? He says, you're not, you're not worried about making mistakes? I said, are you <laughs> in your work? And I said, you probably developed your skills, so you aren't worried about making a mistake yeah. in surgery. Um, and so, Well, it's I, interesting because I've been told if you're going to have surgery – have it done in the morning uh-huh. because as the day goes on, you know, it could they get a little tired, could yeah. get a little tired, could uh, knock a nose off by accident. Yeah. You know, yeah. it could happen. <laughs> so, 
I still think there's a nose museum somewhere with all those classical noses. But that was uh, done, too, uh, uh, during times of uh, dis disrest, unrest, yeah. uh, and people would, uh, as they still do, uh, try to destroy these... Yeah. Uh, uh, well, look at the Pieta in, uh, in St. Peter's. Right. We know got attacked with a hammer. Yeah. You know, there's a chip on uh, Michelangelo's David's toe, and the story is, though, that Michelangelo knew he was done. He stood back and looked at it, and he said, Parley, speak to me, and it didn't. He threw his hammer at it and created a little chip in the... But he still so, had his genitalia. I, he still I noticed. Had his genitalia, he couldn't yeah. not notice the genitalia. <laughs> Larger than life, let's just say. <laughs> well, now, this piece that you showed us uh, a bit of, um, this stone yes. that uh, you're working on, um, it, it has a lot of fissures throughout. Yeah, but it's a very strong stone. Those. those uh, the honeycombs, uh, when it was created, that was that stone was created by the, the pressure of water. Right. Um, and those are usually softer stones like marble and alabasters and calcites. Um, when there is a stone created by heat, um, of, of like uh, the plates coming together, that is an extreme heat, and it tempers, it, the stone is much harder, like granite and others. Um, but I, when it's made by the powers of the ocean, a lot of times there is translucent qualities. There are some Carrera marbles and other marbles that have a, that translucence if it gets thin enough. Yeah. But um, that's one of the wonderful things I like about this stone is the translucent back. And you can see wonderful marbles in people's kitchens, by the way. Oh my gosh! <laughs> People really go for the for the marbles and the elaborate. We did too. I know. Yeah, do our kitchen as well. I wanted to have something that was really artistic, uh, which turns out to be far too busy as far as marble is concerned. You don't know if it's dirty or what. So yeah. anyway, no. There's some beautiful the, the array of colors also. Yeah, well, the colors that you showed were the kind of amber colors. Uh, yeah, and or they call it translucent orange, yeah. but there's a lot of orange, orange, reds, ambers, because yeah. um, I always loved amber being a wood sculptor. I mean, it's not like I haven't don't have enough projects in wood. I just recently posted some of my stone, one of my stone pieces, and I wrote in there, as you know, uh, wood is part of my heart and soul, sculpting it my whole life, but stone has captured my heart yeah. also, and now there's not enough time. There wasn't enough time in the day before I started with Stone. And we're running out of time, too. Uh, you guys have to see the Woodworkers uh, uh, show yes, at uh, Schaefer mm -hmm. Gallery. Um, and you must work in wood because Carpenter is part of your email, <laughs> right? Well, that's my middle name, but I'm, oh, it is. I'm not really a carpenter. Ah. Yeah, yeah. But if you were a carpenter, they, they wrote a song about it. I'd play it right now if I if I had a keto. <laughs> if I were a let's all sing it together. No. Um, so you're not a carpenter. You don't work in wood. Well, no, I I you know um, I do paint on board, you know, so or canvas. You work but, with but, wood, and I'll build I'll build the frames and what have you. But yeah. I'm not a a carpenter in the sense of someone who can frame up a house and trim right. it all out and all that. Yeah. And no, I don't have those skills. Well, that's why I'm just knocked out by the woodworker's uh, journey at the Schaefer Gallery, uh, because uh, there's uh, uh, just just some just fabulous pieces. That's you have to see it for yourself on the grounds of the Maui Arts and Cultural Center. Got a couple minutes left. Um, 
You know, I do want to mention, we just lost one of our great woodworkers in these islands, a legend, uh, Klaus John Wittenberg. He was the grandfather of Hawaiian woodworking, they called him. Wow. Lived in Kahakaloa, now I'm at 80, almost 87 years old, passed away just a few months ago. But um, he was a dear friend for the last uh, 34 mm -hmm. years and has in, encouraged and inspired. And uh, I'm sure he would have been part of that show if he was here. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, some of the finest woodworkers in these islands, men and women. Yeah. And again, uh, the materials. It's it's all about the materials, and we're living on Maui. So I mean, it's not like we can just go out and yeah. But we cut have down the most incredible woods. Uh, yeah. For fifteen years, a, a helicopter pilot with a degree in forestry helped me gather wood, and I learned a lot about the indigenous and non-indigenous. But the reason why there's such a diversity is because in the 1800s, when they now, the islands were discovered, they started wiping out sandalwood. Yeah. It got out into the world about these diverse islands, and botanists flocked here. Yeah. And they had, a, they had a competition amongst each other. Fleming, uh, he was a botanist, Fleming's Beach, up in Kahanakahau Valley. But they, uh, they were foresting all these areas. And you can take a seed from anywhere in the world and find the perfect conditions for it, whether yeah. it's dry, wet, high, low. Yeah, that's why we have every wood in the world here. I even got black walnut from Kula one time. Really? Yeah. Have you ever worked with Pernambuco wood? I have not. Have you ever heard of it? No. It is supposed to be one of the hardest woods. Wow. And uh, they make uh, shafts for ships. Wow. Uh, out of it. I don't know if they still do, but they did. And uh, uh, I had friends who uh, used to uh, carve pipes. <clears throat> And uh, and that was the hardest wood they had ever worked on. Ah, that's my signal. It's time to go. So uh, Dale Zarella, look up Dale Zarella. Look up Robert Gann. Uh, catch them at the uh, Maui Open Studios. It's online, Maui Open Studios. And, uh, and uh, you can see amazing things, not just their work, but so many others. And uh, it's really a pleasure to have you both Thank here so in the much. studio. Thank you so much. Pleasure you're, you're welcome, Bill. Yeah. Pleasure Bill. to meet you. Good to meet you. And that'll do it for our show today. Uh, it's never long enough. I'm Bill Best with Off the Record on KEKU 88.5 FIM. And again, uh, thanks to Maui Toyota. Thank you for listening. Thanks for watching on Facebook. And aloha. Aloha.